Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Connor. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh, imagine you're driving on the side of the road and you're looking out the window and suddenly you see something doing something wrong. Let's say it's a bully who's kind of beating someone up or someone who's stealing money from someone. You know, they're hurting this person or they're they're violating their freedoms. What do you imagine you would do in that situation? Oh, man. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd probably do something. I'd speak up or I'd say something to make sure that it doesn't keep happening, especially somebody who's getting hurt. Yeah. You know, I, I think we'd all like to think that, right? We'd like to think that we'd kind of put on our Superman cape and yeah. go to their rescue and and help someone. But here's a, here's kind of a similar question, but with a twist. What would you do if the person or people doing the bad thing was your own government? Whew, that's kind of a tough one. I mean, who do you call when the people in charge are the ones breaking the rules? And also, I mean, wouldn't you get in trouble for telling on them? Again, they make the rules. I know that that's kind of the interesting predicament, right? Uh, a lot of our listeners will remember in the Tuttle Twins uh, learn about the law we talk about how there are even bad people in government and there are bad laws. And so government isn't always good. Laws aren't always good because we're imperfect people, right? And there are some actually like bad people who are trying to abuse other people and take their, their money and stuff. So uh, today I wanted to talk with you about one of the most important uh, whistleblowers of our time. And we're going to talk about what that weird word is. Uh, a whistleblower, and his name is Edward Snowden. So let me first, uh, Brittany, have you maybe explain what is a whistleblower? Yeah. Okay. So a whistleblower is someone who kind of like you explained in the beginning, somebody who sees something going on. Maybe they're in government. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're in a school and they see a teacher behaving badly. Whatever it is, they see something, somebody doing something bad and they blow the whistle. It's not a real whistle. They're not actually going around blowing a whistle, but they sound the alarm, so to speak, right? They, they tell somebody else that there is a problem going on and that it needs to be addressed. So it's somebody who does something very hard standing up to somebody who might be in power, but saying, hey, this is wrong. We need to do something about it. So they're shedding light on bad behavior. And, you know, as, as kids, our parents always talk to us about the importance of uh, doing what's right, making good decisions. And if someone is uh, doing something wrong that we should, you know, tell someone in charge or or call that to someone's attention so that, you know, if someone's trying to hurt someone else, that that can stop, right? We don't want to uh, have people, you know, going through that. And so, yeah, if you're in the government, it's really important that if you see, especially because we all pay for it, right? We've talked about taxes before. and 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 so if someone in the government is doing something wrong, it'd be very important for someone else who knows that uh, to try and point that out. So you're right. That's what that's whistleblowing. So Edward Snowden is who we're going to talk about. Why why is his name so widely known? Uh, maybe let's just start with this, the basic story, Brittany. So what did Edward Snowden do, or why why did he become a whistleblower? Yeah, well, I think it was June. I want to think the exact date was actually June thirteenth, twenty thirteen, somewhere around there. Um, actually, it was a few days before. We found out that I believe it was Verizon. Was it Verizon Wireless? Um, had been giving a lot of documents of its customers' cell phones to the government to track what they were doing, which is pretty terrible. I mean, this is something we think we have privacy to. Imagine all your phone records, every text message, or well, we'll get into metadata in a minute, but but every a record of who you called and what time you called them. What if the government had that? You don't want them to have that. Well, it turned out the government did have that, and Verizon wasn't telling its customers, and neither was the government. So Edward Snowden was an NSA contractor. That's a, a National Security Administration. 
And they were doing some unruly things, some inappropriate things. They were spying on the American people. Um, the Verizon leak was just the first thing that we found out about. But then we found about more, more things. But so what Edward Snowden did is he took information that he had and he risked his job. He risked his life and he risked possibly never seeing his family again to tell the American people, hey, your government is spying on you. Now, let me um, ask you some questions, Brittany, because there are a lot of people who don't like Edward Snowden. They think that he yep. did something wrong, right? They feel like he should not have uh, publicly you know, shared the information that he did. And so let me give you like a, a, a like an explanation or a question or two that a lot of these people would do. So Edward Snowden, you know, hey, he should not have shared these things publicly, even though the government was doing it wrong. He should have gone, gone through uh, proper channels. He should have, you know, just told his boss. He shouldn't have given this information to the to the media, to to newspapers and and journalists. He should have given it to his his boss. He should have kind of gone through the process. How how would you respond to that? Uh, uh, you know, and kind of provide a a a rebuttal to to what they're saying. Yeah, I'm going to go back to your bully analogy from the beginning. So let's say you see bullies beating someone up, maybe trying to steal their money, and you go to them and you say, hey, hey, guys, this is wrong. And they tell you, hold on, we don't know that this is wrong, but we're going to investigate. All the bullies are going to investigate each other. And then we're going to come back and tell you if if we think what we did was wrong. Would you trust that very much? Yeah, not very much, right? Not that very make much. A lot of sense. That's exactly yeah. what happened in this situation, right? They were saying, why didn't you go through the proper channels is what they call it. And you can't see I'm using the scare quotes right now. But the proper channels would have been asking the people doing the bad things to investigate them doing the bad things. And more often than not, when that happens, they come back and say, no, we weren't doing anything wrong. Well, so another criticism is that Edward Snowden released some things that, you know, put people in harm's way, like lists of spies and things like that. And so he's not qualified to uh, to share that information. He's not able to tell, you know, what is secret and what should remain secret and what information, if it were shared publicly, could, you know, cause someone harm or put someone in, in jeopardy. And so how do you respond to this idea that Edward Snowden should not have publicly revealed this uh, information because he's not really qualified or didn't really know what he had? This is a tricky one. I think there are two important things that we need to address here. One is that, uh, to my knowledge, and I believe this is in his book that he recently released, they cannot prove anybody was hurt and any spies were were you know outed. So so you cannot trace any any unsafe or un, or harm to anyone else from the leaks. Secondly, you also have to look at, and I hate using cost benefit because again, human lives, every single human life is important. That being said. Do we want this to keep happening and have uh, the American people's rights continued to be violated? Because that's what was happening. And every time we dismiss it on, oh, no, you might be hurting someone, you might be risking someone. These are hypotheticals we don't have answers to, but you're asking us to definitely give up our rights. So I think we have to weigh the cost benefit there. So so let's unpack a little bit what that means. A hypothetical is uh, basically an example, like a theory or an example. So the, the critics of Edward Snowden were making these claims and, and they were saying, oh, people are going to get hurt, but but that's just a, a claim, right? They, they couldn't prove it. Uh, they didn't know it for sure. So it's a hypothetical in yep. the sense that they're just like, you know, suggesting that, that that probably happens, but they didn't have evidence for it. And then you also pointed out a, a really important term that our listeners should learn, and that is a, a cost-benefit analysis. And so in this case, um, you know, sure, there might be a, a cost of revealing the information, Perhaps, as you, I think, conceded, Brittany, 
uh, maybe a spy would get outed or maybe a, a foreign government leader would get upset if they see how American you know, government officials were talking about them. Or perhaps there would be a risk to some people's safety as a result so that there would be a cost to revealing that information publicly. We're not just talking about like a financial cost, yep. right? That basically like something could happen that people don't like. That's, that's like the cost. And then the benefit on the other side is how will the American public benefit from having access to this information? How will they change their behavior? What will they know about their government? What will they, will they elect different people? Will they support different laws? Um, and so I think a lot of people like you and I, Brittany, look at what Edward Snowden did and we say in the cost benefit analysis, in other words, it's only a little bit of cost, but there's a huge benefit versus if he had released something and it, and it didn't really have any good information on it, except it had this one name on it that would cause that person to get killed. Well, then there would be a very high cost with a very low benefit. And so maybe that doesn't make as much sense. If your parents are saying, hey, if you go pull five weeds, I'll give you $50. Wow, right? The cost yeah. benefit is, is really interesting. It doesn't cost you very much to go spend time out in the you know yard uh, for a few minutes, but the benefit is huge. But if your parents are like, hey, you know, we'll We'll let you uh, sprinkle some sugar on your oatmeal in the morning if you go, you know, pull weeds for four hours. Then you're like, eh, that the benefit isn't that much. Not for the worth, cost, yeah, though. not worth your time, right? And so Edward felt like the benefit was worth it, even though he was the one you just pointed out. He was the one that would the, experience a lot of the cost, right? He would be considered a traitor by his country. He lives right now in Russia, right? He had to flee and he bounced around to do a few different countries. I think he kind of had to let, I mean, Russia was for a while the only place where he could go. Right. And so the cost to him was, was significant. Uh, if imagine Brittany, if Edward Snowden returned to America right now, which he wants to, right? His family's here, his, his life was here. Uh, what do you imagine the government would do to him? That's the scary thing. We don't really know. And I'll be honest, I don't really know what to put past the government. We know that we have secret courts, right? We know that we have, we have, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to scare the audience, but you know, things like uh, President Obama had a secret kill list where he could kill people. Wow. So there are scary things that happen that our government can do. And it's scary when it happens to somebody who's so brave and who is on the side of the American people. So if Edward Snowden comes back, a lot of people like to say, well, he should come back and get a fair trial. There is no guarantee that he's going to get a fair trial because we've mm -hmm. already seen throughout our history that that doesn't always happen. It's interesting, Brittany, you know this. Uh, I live in Utah and uh, I live just a few miles away from a series of buildings. These are gray, uh, nondescript buildings. In other words, they're kind of boring and you can't really tell that they're anything special. And they're not very tall. They're only like one, maybe two stories tall. But what you don't know about these buildings when you're just driving by is that it's like tip of the iceberg, right? You're familiar, and I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with, you know, that when you use the term the tip of the iceberg, like most of the iceberg is underneath the water. Yep. And if all, if you're sailing in a boat and you just see this little bit of ice, you know, above the water, you're like, oh, I can navigate around it. But then you're, if you're the Titanic, right, you might crash into yep. that iceberg and then, <laughs> fall apart because it's much bigger underwater. That's how these buildings are. You see the tiny little part on the top, but they go way underground. And what are these buildings? These buildings, according to the information that Edward Snowden was able to release, and he released a lot of information. Yes, um, these buildings are where the NSA stores all of our information. So Brittany, if I text you or if I call you or if I email you, 
right? The NSA is basically capturing all that information. They're storing it. They're hanging onto it. So 10 years from now, they could probably look back. If I, you know, become a lawbreaker of some sort, they could look back through my history and be like, oh, he talked to that Britney person 10 years ago. We better go talk to her, right? Well, wait, That's... Connor, I've got a question about this, though. All right, let's talk about If you're about not it. doing anything wrong, what do you have to hide? Okay, that this is a good one to bring up because a lot of people will be like, "Hey, no, that's totally fine." Because yep. if this if this helps the government go after bad people, then maybe that's the price we pay to live, you know, in a safe society. I have lot, nothing yeah. to hide. Yeah, no, it's a very common argument, and so uh, for the kids listening, especially if we hear that argument, there's a couple ways that I typically think about it. When someone says, "Hey, I've got nothing to hide," I think, well, you know, you probably do because if I said to you right now, "Give me your cell phone." or give me your diary or your journal, uh, chances are you wouldn't like that very much. You don't want other people to know the things that you keep secret. doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong, but if you give other people access to your entire lives, whether you're doing something illegal or not, they have access to all the secrets and all the information. And so that leads to the second thing that I say, and that is you don't know what type of people are going to have access to this information. Yeah. And the sad thing about our government, Brittany, and I know you understand this, is that everyone is a lawbreaker. There are so many laws on There's the books <laughs> that, that if a prosecutor, someone who's in charge of like, uh, you know, charging you in court and, and convicting you of a crime, if a prosecutor wants to come after you or me, chances are they could find a way, uh, find a law that you or I have broken and be able to prosecute us. And if that prosecutor had access to all of our information, our pictures, our calendar events, our emails, our texts, right? They could find things that they could use that maybe weren't problems in and of themselves. But when someone in the government is like, hey, I now want to go after you, they can come up with a story and come up with a, a crime. And so I think that's why Edward Snowden was so concerned is that, uh, you know, he's calling it like permanent surveillance, right? A permanent yeah. record. The government is just going to have all kinds of information about everyone. So Brittany, do you have any other arguments about that? When someone says yeah. I got nothing else to hide, how do you respond to that? So there's something, and we're going to talk about this in a later episode. Um, so the Bill of Rights um, are in our constitution, and there are 10 things that the government it protects the individual from the government. And those 10 things are some of the most sacred things that we can do to keep ourselves safe. The Fourth Amendment talks about our right to privacy. It doesn't matter if you have anything to hide. You, the government doesn't have the right to your stuff. Um, the founding fathers, when the um, British colon or not British colonists, when the British army was stationed in the American colonies, they used to stop people regularly and just search them, and, and you know, like let, kind of like let me see your papers. You hear that? You hear that term? Mm -hmm. But it was this searching of are you doing anything wrong? And it was like an assumed guilt, like they assumed that you were guilty of something. But we don't believe that in this country. You are innocent until proven guilty. So the fact that they're letting the government just getting into your stuff without any warrant, and we'll talk about that in a later episode too, but that's essentially a piece of paper that lets the government, if there's probable cause, if there's a reason to search you, if let's say somebody says this person is doing something bad that is against the law, a judge can write a warrant and say, okay, go search this house looking for this specific thing, but they have to be very specific. Now, when they're going through our phone records like this, they don't have a warrant and they don't have specifics. They're just looking for anything. And yeah. that is a direct violation of our Fourth Amendment right. So this is something, I mean, the founding fathers are rolling in their graves, I'm sure, because this is something that goes against the whole foundation of our country. We've also seen, Brittany, stories that have come out of people who have access to all this uh, information about people. You've seen people look up like their girlfriends, 
or you know their neighbors yeah. and uh, imagine if you had access to a computer that would tell you the innermost thoughts of your enemies your friends your parents like you might find that really interesting but how would the other people feel right for you to have access to that and that's the problem that's why edward snowden was so concerned one uh, additional thing i want to say before we wrap this episode up Brittany, is when we go back to the question of why did edward do this why did he take yeah. all of this information which he, which he basically, I mean, he broke laws in order to make this public. Um, and he was, you know, sworn to secrecy. He was given access to this information and told that, you know, you got to keep this secret. And he decided to, you know, break the terms of those agreements uh, and be willing to suffer the consequences. Again, that cost benefit. He felt like even if I'm punished for doing this, the benefit to the public is so significant that it's worth doing. And you'll remember this, Brittany, but there were some people in Congress who were pretty concerned about privacy, and they were concerned about what the government was collecting, what type of information it was collecting. And uh, the the uh, Department of National Intelligence Director, basically uh, one of the guys in charge in the American government for uh, for you know how government accesses information about people. He sat in a committee in Congress where he was being asked some questions. And one of the questions specifically was, hey, we're hearing about, you know, these cell phone records yeah. and capturing this information. Is this happening? And he lied straight yes, to their faces, right? He looked them in the eye in Congress and said, oh, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And he looks when nervous. In- it's funny. When he does it, you can tell he looks like he is telling a lie. <laughs> yeah. So imagine if you're Edward Snowden, right? And, and you're watching... Uh, that interview, and you see basically your boss's 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 boss <laughs> uh, <laughs> lying to the public, the American people, the media, Congress, and and so I I can totally sympathize with why Edward did what he did. He felt like, look, it's clear that they're trying to cover this up. It's clear that they're trying to be secretive about it. And so if I don't do something, then who will? And, and that, I think, is maybe a good question to end on, Brittany, because it takes us back to the yeah. beginning. If you're driving along the side of the road and you see a bully and no one else is around and, and there's a victim there who's suffering, if you don't go to help them, who else will? And, and so we talked in a previous episode about civil disobedience, right? And when it, it's appropriate, perhaps, to uh, break a law or to do the right thing, even though someone says it's wrong. And here we see, I think, in the example of Edward Snowden, how important that is. Brittany, I'll give you the last word to share a final thought. Yeah, I would really just encourage all our listeners to to Google Edward Snowden to learn more about him because in my opinion, I think he is one of the most important people of our generation and he may very well go down in history as being one of the most important people in our in our country's history. So definitely look into him. I think he's an amazing person and we'll talk to you guys next time. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, tuttletwins.com slash podcast. Share it with all your friends and family and we'll see you on the next episode. See you later, Brittany. See ya. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.